whole night through. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning. Good morning to you. This is WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina, and I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday. WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Campbell. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kay Kaiser. Hi, yo. Well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Gertz Cooley, Sam Beard, and Jim Reed, and Carl Gertz. Thank you, Sam, and greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Ed is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. For the nocturne, we send as our best this is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of Familiar Carol. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey, everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Rayley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning. Morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back at 10.09. Mike Rayley here, along with uh, Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston, the former Attorney General and Secretary of State and uh, uh, Deputy Chief Counsel in the Senate Watergate Committee and uh, the current Secretary General of Gardening. And Gerald Adams is with us. Gerald, what is your title specifically at NC State Centennial Campus? I am the grounds maintenance supervisor and I'm the grounds horticulture supervisor for Centennial Campus. That's a lot. It's a lot of work. Not but 800 acres. <laughs> But All you of do, it, they don't have a building on yet, but they're working that way. You uh, and but you sometimes delve into the other part of the old campus. Yes, we I I, I do uh, help with some stuff on main campus, and we now have our own greenhouse out at the field lab. Literally, our greenhouse backs up to the back of the arboretum, and we're working to try to get a second greenhouse 
we're growing just a few uh, plants in it, but we, we really are saving some of our uh, ferns and tropical plants uh, as a means to keep them alive and have them larger the next year. And we're growing a few little things in it and propagating a few things in it and all that. So that's really working working out nicely for us. We uh, our caller we our caller left us. Uh, he had one more question. Yeah, he was asking and about you... whether or not to cover. He he had some uh, raised beds. He had uh, fall crops in mm-hmm. them, and I think the collards were the last of them. And should he cover the beds uh, between now and, and uh, whenever he's going to plant them? And we had talked about his uh, seemed like his beds were draining well, and he didn't need to add anything to loosen the soil. Uh, I, I normally don't cover them with plastic. Uh, uh, you could cover them with landscape fabric, and and part of the reason you, uh, the only time to ever really do it with plastic, if you were trying to solarize them, which is when you've got some disease issues and you're trying to heat up the soil to kill it. I have found that solarizing doesn't work in the winter time. The soil temperature is already lower; it doesn't get as warm. Uh, if you're going to attempt to do that, that's kind of an end of summer thing that you would do maybe in August. Uh, mulch is really one of the best ways to just take it. I used to always take some good leaf mulch, and I'd put a layer on top of the bed as soon as I got through with the last whatever crop I had in it. And, of course, then I would take and flip it over. I would usually till it back into the soil when I was getting ready to plant. But you could use pine straw. You could even use triple-shredded hardwood and and rake it off when you got ready to prepare the bed to plant. That slows down weeds germinating, uh, having the mulch on there. Uh, and I learned something this week. Uh, I was at the Green and Growing Show in Greensboro, I went to some of the educational classes on Tuesday, and Dr. Joe O'Neill, NC State's weed guru, was there, and he said that they have done studies that weeds kept seed, kept completely in the dark, never germinate. And exposure to a millis, one millisecond uh, can trigger them to start. In other words, just the tiller flipping the soil over. You sticking a pitchfork in it and flipping the soil over can be enough at light exposure to trigger that seed to then go ahead and germinate mm. uh, from that. So I had never, I'd always known that often when you go, when you get, you till your, your uh, soil to sow fescue seed in the fall and you wonder, well, why have all those weeds come up now? And often you would blame it on, well, I got a bad batch of seed that had a bunch of weed seed in it. That could have been true, but it could have been that uh, flipping the soil over while you were tilling it exposed some weed seed that had been there for a while, and now that's triggered them where, you know, 30 days later. So how do we overcome that? that? popping down there. You out of luck. We got to till. <laughs> we got to well, till. Well, in, in the soil, you get away from it. Maybe that would be the timing for you to put out a pre-emergence yeah. if you were doing it alone. But in the right. garden beds, what I think it means you have to do is mulch after you plant your stuff. That after you plant... I've always uh, tended to mulch my tomatoes uh, in raised beds with pine straw. I was doing it, one, to kind of keep the moisture level more even because tomatoes are more prone to cracking when they have inconsistent water levels. I was doing it for that, and as the secondary byproduct, I thought it helped to suppress the weeds. But in reality, that's probably the more important reason to use some kind of mulch. Yeah, mulch is a broad category. You can use lots of different types of mulch. You could use wheat straw. Uh, 
wheat straw is good because it will break down and work it in the soil as a you know it will improve the soil quality but it can also sprout out and grow too and that can create a problem but there's what whatever's convenient for you will work and it doesn't have to be a mulch that you can incorporate into the soil it can be something that you rake back off and put it around your beds to try to you know slow down anything from coming up or in the walkway to go between or to get to your bed. So I, I think that's one of the more important things that we can do that's not that complicated or difficult or expensive to do that will really, you'll get good lasting results from that. Uh, I wasn't here when the discussion was on raised beds. Often I have used that mesh-like right. covering. Did you right. mention that, Cheryl? Yeah, the, the landscape fabric is right. something you can put over the top because water can still get through it. It can still breathe and get through it, but it would slow. It would prevent the sunlight from being able to hit those weed seed on top of the soil that are waiting for a chance. And often if something's already started to germinate below soil level, as it's popping through, that starving it from the sunlight can choke it, yeah, choke and, it out as well. And I just so, take a knife or scissors and cut a little X mark. So you got to say the tomato plant down in right. there and you're, you've got... I think you mentioned the old-fashioned best way is to mulch it. But if you you want a quick and, and something that will keep your weeds out, that that mesh will do it. It it slows them down significantly. There's a reason that all these big landscape beds is the is what goes around them after they're planted and mulched on top of. Is there a, something we should look for in? Are there better landscape fabrics? Really, the sometimes the problem is the. Uh, you, finding the size you want. They, they tend to come in a roll in different widths, mm. uh, and it's most all of them you can cut mm-hmm. with a box razor or a pair. I mean, we I've yeah. got them before that we put in greenhouses that were 12 foot wide. Oh, my. Oh <laughs> uh, my. Down. But you can find them places that may be 2 foot, 18 inches yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 3 feet's what I uh, normally get. Uh, circle around. Uh, most, I expect a lot of you good garden centers are going to carry them. Places that white coral supplies, they carry a bunch of different ones and as yeah. always you can uh, you can go online and find you know smaller ones smaller ones not going to be cost prohibitive to ship to you if you've got to have some of those big ones that they're pretty pretty heavy you would almost need to pick somewhere you could pick those up yourself but they work really really well the columnist uh, AC snow Raleigh, oh, great Raleigh, guy. Raleigh Times a news observer passed away of course uh, a couple of days ago, and <clears throat> Tony just mentioned it on the news. So. Oh, I'm starting to hear that. I didn't hear that. He, uh, one of my one of my favorites. Everybody's favorite. Everybody loved AC Snow's column. Yeah, he uh, does that, a good one. Started uh, so many years ago, but he sent me. I told Gerald he sent me a card. Wrote me a card uh, years ago saying how much he enjoyed this show. I was just flabbergasted. I was like, AC Snow is listening to this show, and I it's framed. Uh, I, I don't remember the date, but I, uh, what a nice thing to take the time to to do. Uh, somebody somebody is uh, busy as he was, and yeah. wow, what a brilliant guy! Just homespun, everyday things. There's so many of those uh, writers, uh, the, uh, you know, Dennis Rogers and A.C. Snow, and and so much, so many. Uh, so many others that Jack Hollis was uh, one out of Jack. Jack was great, <laughs> and uh, 
many many others <clears throat> but i'm sorry sorry for we that's a great loss for well, he uh, is, he's, he's from stokes county i believe i didn't realize that yeah stokes county north carolina i got in a fight in stokes county <laughs> when, I, when, I was, <clears throat> when i was a cadet at oak ridge I think it was, everybody got in a fight it was a football game so uh, that's uh well the question my, is, my dealings with stokes the black county. eye well I I hit and ran. <laughs> oh. I mean, I was too skinny to to stay there very long. <laughs> That's called bamboo. <laughs> uh, oh well, yeah. That's that's north of north of Greensboro. So he yeah, talked so a lot there. about growing up on the farm there in his articles, and was a a, a good gardener from what yes. I understand. Yes, absolutely. That's what I hear. Well, it's. Uh, very very sad to, to hear that but you just i told i've said this so many times you just never know who's listening to this yeah, thing i run across it all the time mm-hmm. yeah nine boy and we thank you you're part of the family 919-860-9783 gerald we talked about it early in the show uh and you know we've got this ice and, and snow coming along that our meteorologist from the National Weather Service talked about. And, um, you know, it's all over the news. That's, that's what everybody's thinking about right now. What, uh, what about our plants? What should be we be concerned about and what should we not be concerned about? Well, I think for the most part, ice is, ice is not a problem in causing damage to the plant and the root structure. Ice is a problem because it could cause something to break off. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of something, a, a, a small ornamental tree that, you know, that could, could mess the structure up in it. And, and quite frankly, there's not a whole, a whole lot that can be done about that. There's some things you can try to put some type of cover on, but having something big enough that, that that's going to work for that. I mean, if you had some roses that you hadn't cut back yet that had some big, long canes, big around as your thumb on them, maybe going ahead and knocking that back because the danger is sometimes when ice breaks something, it splits it all the way down the stem. It doesn't mm-hmm. break it off cleanly, mm-hmm. yeah. and that can cause damage, uh, affect how it grows back out, make it where insects can get into it, even sometimes can make it can cause disease issues from that. So that's uh, what really makes uh, ice freezing rainstorms so much more problematic and difficult than just old-fashioned snow uh, getting on stuff. So I, I don't uh, – there's there's not a lot of stuff that really can be done in advance that's, that's going to make things any easier. I will say this, though, and, and something that I see happens a lot, don't sling the rock salt all over kingdom come and into your flower beds. I've seen people with push spreaders – going down a three-foot-wide walkway slinging rock salt or some type of ice melt five or six foot out onto the grass alone or into their flower beds, and they wonder why all of a sudden that stuff doesn't look so good. Uh, salt's good and, and uh, calcium chloride and all that for helping ice to melt. It's not good on plant. <laughs> uh, and it's surprising how people don't think about that when they're Trying to get the car out the driveway. Well, it's not Salt's good, good on butter beans. <laughs> yeah. it, that road salt is not good on animals either. No, it's Several not. years ago, in Watauga County, they had iced it real heavily and salted it. And six 
of a fellow's herd of cattle died hmm. from oh a, partic- my. a particular application hmm. there in Watauga County. I remember yeah. that distinctly. Yeah, do be careful with that. Uh, so uh, what? how do you come down on the uh, – we, we go outside after a snowstorm or ice and so forth. We want to – the plants are drooping. We want to get that weight off of there. What? What Should we do that or – I, I think for the most part, you, you are as likely to do more damage than letting it melt on its own. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are some exceptions to that, and it's kind of one of that you'd see, uh, Lord, it, it's a woody stem, and it's been at an angle where you see it's already split, and maybe you could do something to clip it then or knock it off to keep it from splitting further. But I think there's so many things that we – uh, nature does a whole lot better job than we do, and, right. and that may be an instance to where we're just a little too over-eager yeah. try, trying to get in and out. Well, I've, I've had a light, fluffy snow before go around the, the house with a broom and knock it off, but ice, I'm like Gerald. Yeah, ice I, I'm, I'm afraid of that because you're, you, you're, you're going to jolt it, and as he said, it will split all the way down to the root. Yeah, and It won't just snap off. Now, we're going to lose some... Are we going to lose any blooms? Like camellias, some of the camellias are really blooming. Uh, the I, I don't think, you know, the ice, generally speaking, on a bud is not bad news. It's it, kind of an insulation, it, isn't it? It is for it. It protects it even from the cold, so I, I don't see that. I mean, you've got, I've seen winter jasmine blooming now. You've got the prunus mumes blooming all over the place now. It's worthy of. I even saw some uh, autumn cherries that still had blooms on them. Uh, last week uh, as well, uh, you know, you the I, the weight may knock the blooms off because of the f- ice freezing around them, all that. <clears throat> but it's not going to be. Uh, I, I just don't think that's all that detrimental. I'm more worried about the ice around a stem and then it causing it to break or split. Okay. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. I believe we had JC Knowles. On the line, uh, do we have JC? And uh, hey, JC, good morning. Hey, how are you, my friend? Everything is beautiful. Oh, good. Well, here's the I'm chaplain. Of the, how's the I'm, chaplain of the Wake County Chitlin Club doing? <laughs> well, uh, he's praying every day for you. Absolutely, <laughs> we all need that. Yep, and uh, I'm praying this weather ain't going to be too bad on us here this weekend. That's right. Well, some are some are going to get it, and some some won't. Uh, yeah. Get the worst. I'm not really that worried about. It. I am for my family, but for me, I can't go out anyway. So. Well, hopefully, <laughs> our power will stay on, and yeah, and, uh, we can that. stay warm. Absolutely. Because I'm a cold-natured person, and, and I don't like it. Yeah, you got a warm heart, J.C. That's right. you got a warm heart. Yeah. I wanted to add a little bit to A.C. Snow. I Good. I very well. Uh, he published a book called Snow Fooling. That was the name of his article Yeah. that he published. I have that book autographed. And uh, when he became the editor of the Raleigh Times, he asked me to write a weekly column on antiques and collectibles, which I did for four years. So uh, I'd take it up to the office every uh, Monday, and it was published on Wednesday. And, of course, I got to visit with him just about every Monday sitting there. And, of course, we talked. 
I was on the school board then, so we talked a lot about the schools and that sort of thing. So I had a great relationship with A.C. Snow, just like I have a great relationship with you folks. That's right. Well, he he was a real character. He he wrote about unusual things. Yeah, he did. And uh, there was Charlie Craven. I love Charlie Craven. He was the other one. He was another one, uh, just like Jack Alice and Dennis Rogers. Yeah, we there was another fellow by the name of Hugh Lassiter that I was raised with at the orphanage, and he worked for the News Observer. And one year when I was living at Carolina Beach in the summer, uh, Hugh came down with Charlie Craven, and they were going out that morning on the beach. And I said, "You, uh, you got any suntan lotion?" They said, "No." I said, "Well, you're going to burn to death." And I took and I said, here, here's some right here. Put it on you. And you want, you lay out there all day long won't get burnt. That afternoon, they were walking stiff-legged. <laughs> they took me for my word, and they got burnt to death. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie Craven wrote an article about it. Oh, well. When I got out of the Army and came to Raleigh and went to see him, he remembered it. He said, I'll never forget it, and I'll never forget you. <laughs> I'm sorry that Charlie Craven, um, Bugs Berenger's, writings are not compiled somewhere in book form well that's true that is really true yeah because they were all good they really were yeah bugs bugs was a great photographer he he had a photography studio in rocky mountain yeah, I, yeah. my uh, baby pictures the ones of me were were taken by by um bugs behringer behringer studios so. yeah yeah he was a great photographer mm-hmm. didn't he have a little shop on st mary street at one time I don't remember that. Seemed like he did. Had yeah. one uh, an affiliate office or something on right there at Peace and St. Mary's. JC, we got a little less than uh, two minutes. If uh, do you have a well, joke or anything well, else? Real quick, these two women on our airplane arguing because there was only one seat available, and the hostess couldn't do anything with them. So she told the captain, and the captain said, and they were flying to New York from California, and the. She called the captain. The captain said, just tell the ugly one to sit down. <laughs> Both women stood up all the way to New York. <laughs> have, a, have a good day. Oh, oh, see you, God love you, JC. Stay warm, buddy. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Stood up all the way. <laughs> tell the ugly one to sit down. I like that. That's, that's a good it's not politically it. correct, but um, he, he certainly, certainly, well, A.C. Snow, yeah. They have great stories about uh, Charlie and, and uh, A.C. and Dennis Rogers. Uh, we lost some good ones. We really have some great, great writers. That, uh, and that's the way we used to, to get a, a lot of our laughs, we're reading. I think Barry Saunders of current day is, is right, right, right in there with being humorous Barry oh yeah yeah I miss uh miss Barry's column he, he writes one now occasionally yeah as uh some kind of an editor that um, editor emeritus of the news observer well he's he's another great one well we're uh, you're listening to well, gosh we only have a half hour left 919-860-9783 we'll talk to Kitty and Durham coming up Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. 
We're back at WPTF with the Weekend Gardener at 1038-919-860-9783. Kitty has been fa- so patient. Good morning, Kitty. Morning. How can we um, help you today? Okay. I've got um, a couple of questions. One is I've got an acre of land. Part of it's in wood, part in gardens, part in lawn. Is there a um, liquid... Um, pre-emergent that doesn't cost an arm and a leg that can be um, put out. Defined arm and leg. (laughs) 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 My understanding, and this may be wrong, but after every major rain, you've got to put it out again. No, that's that's wrong. Uh, You put out liquid pre-emergence. Generally speaking, it's good for 90 days, up to six months. And that does depend upon the amount of rainfall, whether it's especially rainy or especially dry. And you got to put it out at the right temperature. You got too. to put it out at the right soil temperature is the key. For instance, just say you're alone if you're going to put pre-emergence out, and it doesn't matter whether it's liquid or granular. Uh, there are some good granular pre-emergence you can put out. Typically. President's Day in February is kind of the guideline, uh, you know, around the 20th of February for your putting out for your spring-summer weeds. Uh, We've had some years where January's been a lot warmer, and I have moved it closer to the 1st of February. Uh, But uh, most of the studies now will tell you if you figure up your square footage that you're applying and figure up how many pounds or ounces of chemical it takes to split the application in half. Put out half of what your acreage require or square footage requires, wait 30 days to, to four to six weeks, and then put the other half out. Because different weeds germinate at different soil temperatures, and our weather's got the craziest to predict. Uh, sometimes it warms up sooner, turns back cold, then warms up quicker than it's supposed to. And by splitting your application, then you get better coverage over the wide assortment of weeds. Okay. But no, putting it out one time, if you put out a granular one, it needs to be wet as soon as possible so it can dissolve and water in. Right. There are studies that show the granular one laying on top of the ground, that the soil, that sunlight degrades the chemical over time. So if it went four days before it got rained on, then you might lose some of the effectiveness. Well, the granular just is too much to mess with. My pro- my yard is broken up. I've got, you know, uh, almost impossible to figure out the uh, square footage because I've got a whole bunch of gardens and places that were rocks and mess. I could dig here and not there, but I've got, I've got trees. I've got... Um, well, it's it's just you can I, I step I it off. For a, I was looking for a li- a good liquid that isn't real expensive that I can put out. Some of this stuff is so expensive, it, and to be redoing it is just astronomical as far as where where do you live at? What part of uh, North Durham, Umstead Road? Uh, go if you're in North Durham, uh, you can either. I don't know who the suppliers are up there. It's going to be, is there a southern farm? I'm trying to think who's. Where would you normally go to buy whatever chemical you're using? 
the hardware store. We have nothing up here. That's the problem. Well, that's why it's so high. You're, you're going to have to come to Raleigh. I'm not driving to Raleigh. <laughs> you're going to have to pull the weeds up. Uh, that Go online. If you find the Durham County Cooperative Extension Office. Yeah, I know where that is. Most of the pre-emergence used today are available in generic form which is anywhere from half to third of the cost of the brand name that it was re- originally bottled in. I use a granular product that originally was sold as Snapshot. Uh, a, f- a, a bag would do three quarters of an acre. It is now available in a generic form for about you know maybe maybe half the price right. of what it originally was. And they would be able to tell you that the problem is I, the hardware stores tend to carry the brand names and not the generic names. Yeah. But there's got to be somebody in the Durham area. Well, I mean, here in Raleigh, two we... Two places kind of here, but one of them has, I'm not going to say a name, <laughs> but has given me horrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. I would never go back. Because they don't know, they're just selling stuff, and they don't know anything. My yard is still suffering from stuff that occurred. See, Um, here now, here in Raleigh, we've got, you know, you can go to Agri-Supply, you can go to Green Resources, you can go to Site One, all of those places landscapers buy stuff from, and they sell to the public, too, and they have the generic forms yeah, in it because Raleigh. it's cheaper. I'm not driving over to Raleigh. Well, yeah, yeah, we've established that. <laughs> they've got, there's got to be somewhere in Durham. does not like being still and driving to Raleigh and back, putting uh-huh. my back still, and that ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is... It loves yard work. I'm, I'm in that low percent of people that have to stay moving with the back to keep it happy. Most yes, people ma'am. want to be still. Right. What I'm trying to say is there's got to be somewhere in the Durham area that landscapers are getting their chemicals uh, and fertilizers from. Uh, and that's. Well, it's not North Durham. It may be way down um, close to the. Um, airport area but north durham just doesn't have anything it's with site can't even get a a new grocery store up here site one has a location right off of what is it the street across from the angus barn west uh when i'm trying to think but they have a location right there who does site one it used to be john deere landscapes but Site One owns it, and they sell every kind of chemical, grass seed, fertilizer. Uh, site, S-I-T-E? Yes, ma'am. Two words, one. Okay. All right. And they they would be able to tell you the best ones, and they would have the generic ones, which would be by far the cheapest price. It's uh, Westgate Park Drive. Yes, they're located yeah, right off of that. Angus Barn is. That's a good ways out. Too. Well, there's a uh, there's a Site One Landscape Supply in Morrisville. I have no idea where Morrisville is. Oh, okay, well that's near the air- that's near the airport. That I don't know if that's any closer. That's further away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other thing is the um, latest issue of the Triangle Gardener had the um, invasive weed. I am being absolutely eaten up with this fig buttercup. 
I am digging and digging and digging, but I have a drainage ditch by down by my house, and it started about four years ago, and now it is nothing but the um, fig buttercup, and the website is not up and going yet to re- report anything. I mean, it's there is a a website that started, but it's not able to input anything into it yet. Well, NC State has uh, the plant toolbox, the extension toolbox. They've started delving into weeds, and then there's turf files. Another Is there in- any way, <clears throat> another I'm NC on a State drainage ditch that goes down into the Eno. You know, I I I have to be very careful what I put on my property. Mm-hmm. Well, they have. There's a uh, basically a wetland roundup. Uh, it's a type of glyphosate, which is Roundup, and another chemical that you spray around ponds. It doesn't affect, uh, you know, aquatic life or anything. But is it my responsibility to do this drainage ditch? Well, I can't get into, I don't know anything about Durham County and who is on the, if nobody's doing it and it bothers you, it's probably going to fall to you. <laughs> so that's kind of how well, things work sometimes. All i to do is keep it off of my property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but this said that we were supposed to report this stuff. It's in the latest issue of the um, little flyer Triangle Gardener puts out. Uh, yeah, I don't know in Durham who would be responsible. Well, I, I, it's I, hard I, to find somebody to be responsible. Rufus, uh, you're you're a government person, and <laughs> he goes to the uh, NCIPC. We well. At, I think I would call. Uh, I think I would call the extension service for that yeah. too, and and that they're allied, and I I think maybe they could tell you the best uh, route to yeah, take for uh, Kenny, that. Yeah, anything that that runs into a body of water like you're talking about is controlled by both federal and the state government, and the the uh, you you don't want to put anything on your ditch that they can come in and say they're going to fine you a couple thousand dollars a day for every day you. That that ditch is messed up, so if you can stand it, I wouldn't fool with that ditch. Okay. Yeah. Just keep digging it out of my property. Absolutely. Uh, and and you got to dig it when it's itty bitty, when you can barely see it, or you're digging to China to get it up. Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't worry worry about it. Now, I'd, something I have discovered is I do not use those nice fancy weeders that you can buy. I have found that a screwdriver is one of the best weeders, a little screwdriver. You can get weeds when they're little. Uh-huh. You get a very little bit of dirt disturbed. It doesn't bother anything else, and you can pop those little weeds out so easy. That's great. Sounds I like a good idea. Three of them. Worn uh. them out. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it is so much better. Those big, big weeders just, you know, they're half Quar- uh, three-quarters of an inch wide at the base. Uh-huh. And yeah, they tear to up dig. the whole yard. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's right. Okay, the, the the last thing is I have been having a lot of trouble getting into you guys. I get told I'm the next one up, and this time there was somebody else that came in ahead, but... I've had twice where I've just had to finally hang up. I've gone through yeah. two or three. Well, that's what I would do. I'd hang up. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have time, if you don't have time to wait, I'd just hang up. Well, yeah, so, it just 
seems like if I'm going to be told I'm the next person up, I ought to be the next person up. Yeah. Well, we do the best we can, Kitty. All Saturday, sitting here hanging on the phone. Yeah. Well, I I certainly don't want you to do that ever. (laughs) So, anyway. All right. Thank you. I hope you feel better soon, Kitty. Okay. Bye. Bye. Gee whiz. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up. (laughs) You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back quickly. You know, uh, every season with the snow and ice, uh, the hot sun, all of it, uh, bring different challenges for the health and safety of your car. King's Auto Service believes in being proactive for the maintenance of your car and the effects of the, the colder weather that we have, especially the stuff that's coming today, uh, late tonight and early in the morning. It's a great time to get your belts and hoses and fluids checked, uh, antifreeze protection. Boy, you want to make sure that's okay. Tread depth in your tires is so important. affects, obviously, the handling and control of your car. And uh, winter conditions are something really to be dealt with. Of course, the battery is another deal. That that uh, gets messed up. Uh, you're, you're cooked, really. So make sure your battery's okay and all the rest. Get, get Be proactive. Get all of this checked by King's Auto Service. And for those of you driving a hybrid vehicle, they have certified hybrid technicians at King's. They can tackle those high-voltage battery packs, and they can replace them for less than the dealer will charge to replace them. Uh, usually around 150,000 miles or so is so uh, when you should do that. Call Kings on Monday and schedule a courtesy battery analysis and other maintenance for your car. Great place to take your car if it's broken down, too. <laughs> Kings Auto Service and Kings Auto uh, Correct Lube. Kings Auto uh, is at in Raleigh at 1039 Northwest Street. That's in downtown. KingAutomotive.net. Uh, King's Correct Lube and get your oil change for that. Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. Uh, Jane is our last caller. She's in Cary. Hey, Jane. Good, good evening. How are you today? We're fine. I hope you're well. Good. Uh, I'm calling because I have a question about mold. I have a lawn that was, was sod that was put in last spring, and then this fall we receded it. Mm-hmm. And now I have this mold. What can I and what can I do to get rid of it? Right now I don't seem to see him, but I know he's there. He's so you 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 see um, rising areas that they may have made a tunnel around yeah. your yard landscape. Yeah. <sighs> not, not not right now. I don't see any. Yeah, there are I'm traps sure. that you can use, but um, that, Gerald, <clears throat> they are there to eat grubs. You, you'll need to kill the grubs. Uh, you tend to see them worse that the season changes coming out of winter into spring, spring mm-hmm. into summer, or right. summer, I seen it from fall, uh, summer fall. into fall. You can uh-huh. put you can put out a fertilizer that has an insecticide in it. Uh, Dilox is one, but there are plenty of them. The box stores sell them. Uh, your local garden center would have it, uh, and that would kill the grubs, and they will go away. You can always put out a product called Milky Spore, which is a bacteria. Uh-huh. It's a little aggravating to put out because you put like a teaspoonful every so many feet, making like a grid. 
but it will keep uh-huh. them dead and away from up to 10 years. Right. And uh, there are certain time of year that you do it. Yes. Um, Se- seasonal changes is when you really want to do it. This spring would be the first time for you. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm sorry, but i got a question. What a, what a, what a, what am I looking for? What a, the grubs look like i don't know well there you you won't see them they you, they you end up being soil. japanese beetles yeah it's a little small fat worm yeah. that's down in the soil eating the roots of your grass yeah. you may encounter them if you do any digging out but the that's what the moles have come to eat yeah. those grubs and this pesticide you have to be careful if you have a dog or something you don't want to put it out if you have a dog or cat or no, something like that animal. okay but that's uh, that's what you need to look for is uh, an insecticide granular form and we okay. got to go, Jane, but thank you so right, much. Thank you. That's my question. Bye Gerald, bye. you're at website real quick. GeraldineHenrysPlants.com. My new grow list is on it. We love you all. We'll see you next week.